Hello and welcome to Mike's Our Lab Podcast, episode 166 for the 23rd of March. And the 25th of March, 2018. Well, welcome to this week's uh, review of what's been going on in our lab. Now, there was a new newsletter out, so if you haven't received a newsletter uh, from the directors giving an update of what's been going on, then uh, check your spam box or there might be a problem with your email uh, not getting through. This one was a newsletter number 10, talked about the Repair Cafe, of course that was last week. Upgrades information, talking about the laser room electronics and the kitchen. Uh, the Easter, uh, Easter Hacking a Stroke Making Challenge, still got time if you hadn't done that. 3D printer updates about the different uh, new Ruby nozzle that's been installed and the fact it's a slightly larger 0.6 or 600 microns uh, size and some of the new materials uh, for who are available, the different filaments, and a reminder about uh, fire safety. And a new tool coming to the space courtesy of have or at least be available if you need to wind small coils and inductors. It's apparently designed to produce guitar pickups, and it's described as a guitar pickup winder. And uh, he puts a link to the uh, to said item. Yes, from a company called Stu McDonald. Stuart McDonald. Uh, their website is S-T-E-W-M-A-C. Stumac.com. The Mojo Tone Pickup Winding Machine. Quite an impressive looking machine. And a quite a pricey one at that. So if you're, uh, if you're looking to do some coils, then, and in fact... It fits in with a project I'm thinking about, about doing a longer distance RFID card reading um, for for a project. And maybe a coil like this, maybe it'll make a sort of larger coil. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, thanks for Pav for posting up the information about that. I mean, he sounds quite excited about getting, getting it delivered. And then a follow-up to the request about an old Android phone for listening to audiobooks. Uh, a couple of comments came in. One is suggesting, well, an offer of a phone with a cracked screen. Uh, note that Vodafone have got smartphones for £29 plus a £10 top-up. Pay-as-you-go tariff is 20p per minute or 5 meg of data. Once you've used a pound, you get unlimited calls, text, and 500 meg data extra. So it could be ideal to spend a pound to download audiobooks and keep it in airplane mode until the next time you want to spend a pound on some more books. Also acts as a reserve phone for emergencies. Or in the case of a flat battery on your main phone. And Stuart suggests something called the Sansa Clip. S-A-N-S-A. Will play audible books just like an MP3 player rather than a phone. So that's not one I've heard of. A couple of good suggestions. If people have got similar ones uh, with a parent wanting to list audio books on something other than... Oh, and not having a, a, a smartphone to do it. And uh, news that the rather problematic, uh, hefty machine that was under the desk in the uh, main room being used as a desktop computer had finally died due to uh, dust in the power supply, according to Tony. It's now been replaced with one that won't run the two screens. But they've also just implemented a, a nice little sort of nucky type uh, computer uh, for the big TV. And uh, so that looks quite a neat fanless device and might be... Uh, apparently runs Windows 10, so it might be something similar to be a suitable replacement for the desktop one. Yes, and it seems amazing that it was only a week ago that it was the half marathon and my involvement in the Smart City uh, event, both of which were cancelled on Sunday 
due to the uh, snow. We had two good days in, well, we travelled up to Wales on the Sunday um, a bit earlier than anticipated, and that was actually a good thing given the snow wasn't snowy up in, in Wales, well, not too much, and the Monday event went ahead. A very good workshop on the Things Network, and it looks as though it's going to lead to some uh, some exciting projects up in uh, that area uh, near Anglesey, which is actually where the Open Energy Monitor guys live, and uh, although we didn't get to see them this time, uh, we met somebody who's going to work with them, so that's uh, that's great. Uh, great. It's great to see them doing well and shipping lots of hardware product and for us to be able to take advantage of their uh, open dashboard side of things. And I returned on the train as uh, Mark was heading elsewhere, and uh, that wasn't a bad journey. Not as not as relaxing as I thought it might be, given it was a, a really one train into London and one train out. Um, but I did have quite a, a hefty bag with me to carry, and uh, so it wasn't exactly just like a briefcase trip. Um, but was successful and the train from Bangor Delta to London uh, a, a smooth train interesting that uh, it uh, did one of the uh, French type things where it joined up with another train halfway through at Chester we joined a train from elsewhere and made a double length train to travel down to London with sounds like the uh, repair cafe was quiet but did go ahead don't know if the various people who were do rescheduled to, to, to come back on uh, this month, compared with the uh, having visited Risk previous month, in particular, I'm thinking of someone with three Xbox controllers that they were getting spare parts for and wanted uh, some hand uh, installing them. Uh, I don't know whether those managed to come along. Um, hopefully, they did. Not sure. Next month, May, I think, is back at the R Lab, and I'm not sure where it is for April. So, but there was also a, a bit of a change to the arrangement with the cold weather and, and the roller door uh, for for access. Uh, given the, the low temperatures, so uh, it was a good opportunity to, to test out uh, improvements in terms of access for uh, people in wheelchairs, etc., and uh, plans for that in the space itself. And Wednesday I had PHP Barks uh, meet up at the tower, and it was also the last day of the RDG 21 over the uh, uh, course of March. Gracie Price, a student at Reading University, has been doing a project to improve her social media skills using Twitter and the hashtag RGG21, encouraging people to post a picture on a particular theme each day up until this Wednesday when it was the last one. People may have seen my picture taken from the 11th floor of the Thames Tower where I could observe the letter Y in the station fabric and a pun on the word Y reading. Oh, and the posts um, on the group talking about the egg bolt. It's amazing how you think once you know about something that everybody else knows about it. And uh, Lena says, you all just made me Google egg bolt. I must say my imagination was going somewhere completely different with that, but they do seem neat. And uh, yeah, so it's a, uh, no, that's a, a result in itself. And I know uh, Alex was busy in assembling his uh, I think possibly for Basingstoke uh, as part of it. So um, but they haven't got a date to uh, actually do their event yet. And Pav posts, rest in peace, Maplin, saying, I heard that they were going closing uh, a while back, but it's taken, I think it's taken that time early over Christmas. I think they hoped that they might survive. But uh, yes, I agree with the posters here 
uh, it was a bit of a shame. It's a bit, my problem was that a lot of their items were old stock and models had moved on and they didn't move on to the latest models because they had stuff in stock which they weren't selling. And then secondly, they were uh, well overpriced uh, compared. Um, they were probably double the price that they should have been if they'd been about 50% dearer than RS and others. People would have probably accepted that in terms of the convenience. Um, but by making especially some of the small components so expensive, they really locked people out of out of uh, being able to purchase, So, which is a shame as they did have a great range and were a great uh, replacement for Tandy. Of course, Radio Shack, uh, the US the company Radio Shack was Tandy in the UK. And in my youth, they were the ones that had probably a similar model and failed in a similar way. And as a general reminder that uh, not to be using the uh, power tools when you're of so working solo and given that there's an interlock now with a card then uh, yeah i wonder if i think of a system that's going to implement a buddy card for such machines so that you have to have two people sign off before a machine can be used interesting question and news about the in increased size of the um, nozzle and the ruby nozzle installed i mentioned it was in the newsletter but also tony's given a bit more information here says this will allow you to print in materials that normally destroy a standard brass nozzle. For instance, carbon fibre, steel, iron. To enable faster printing, I've chosen a 0.6mm nozzle puts out 50% more material, so you will need to change the settings in Kira. I've also stocked the lab with a wide range of coloured PLA filaments and some economy rolls of uh, black. Actually, it doesn't say black, but I thought they were black. And prices are marked per gram of material used. And you can calculate the gramness from the Cura settings that gives you that information. And what happens if you use the wrong size setting, uh, asks uh, Mark, if you set it as a, a 0.4 instead of a 0.6. And uh, Alex uh, answers the question saying it's the right way around to create an error. It better to un specify undersize than oversize, which could lead to a, a a bl blockage. Uh, most likely the surface finish will be affected but you will get a successful print. Holes may be of unreliable diameter and steep overhangs may be very rough underneath but shouldn't break the machine so that wouldn't be optimal so that's a good question and a good answer. And uh, David N asks about whether handling conductive filament and about TPE and here's a list of some cool materials and he puts a link to 3D printing from scratch.com and uh, Tony says, yes, both are possible, but we don't have any stock yet. Flexible filaments are tricky as they have to work with the Bowden tube. And yes, yeah, so I've used, a, uh, what's it, Ninja Flex in my machine, but that has a direct feed. The problem is if you're trying to push a, a spongy filament down the length of the Bowden tube, uh, it probably just uh, ends up sprigging rather than actually pushing out at the other end. And the uh, Boaty McBoatface uh, model has been uh, printed just to show that the print quality is still as good, but it will have the advantage of speeding up most people's prints. And Andrew gives news of some new items purchased, a collection of electronic tools that were on loan, achieving a big discount, which is good. The tools are uh, precision multimeter, function generator, oscilloscope, power supply, resistors, decade, decade box, and capacitor decade box, and selection of probes and leads. Well, yes, we know they've been in the space and uh, have proved useful. 
I think particularly the resistor and capacitive um, replace well uh, testing items allowing you to select and test the function of something without having to either purchase or um, solder in the the, the, div the devices and a couple of people tweeted about seeing the article in about the repair cafe in the Guardian I think I mentioned it last week as well uh, Simon's also picked up said it was also the number three entry at the top of Hacker News so that's that's great when I read it through it does mention uh, Stuart and Reading Repair Cafe but the pictures and most of the article is about Edinburgh uh, repair one so uh, we didn't get our pictures in there but we did get mentioned so which is great and oh well actually there no, I'm just thinking um, that's be a good thing we've uh, there's a potential funding which may be available uh, from another source and uh, I need to pass that on so yeah I'm reminded to self and one of the big things about the space is that uh, you think about a project and you think we've got a lot of different tools in the space you may think initially about using one particular tool and then by asking uh, advice on using it find that there's other tools that might do the job um, or a combination of tools and this is the case with the uh, plunge a router bit request from uh, Sam saying I'm making a side table the wood underneath is uneven so rather than flatten the whole side with the uh, router sled I would like to cut some pockets where the legs should go and tidy up that bit basically so do we have a bit well uh, Luke says that uh, there are some bits uh, but uh, they might be um, a bit difficult to use and may not do the job as well as an alternative which would be to create a template with a laser cutter or a scroll saw in the shape of the area you want leveled and then using that template drill out most of the waste with a forster bit and and then a, a bit shallower for the final depth and then use the router to tidy it up so that's a good tip and Steve says we also have a power mortiser uh, like this which could cut square sided pockets very deep that might help the project so although that might not be exactly what uh, Sam looks for in this particular project it's a reminder to everyone of the interesting tools and facilities we have in the space that you are likely to have at home and it's a busy week and so we're what, about halfway through a normal podcast I think this one's going to run a bit longer and in a question that reminds me of one of these puzzles about how you get uh, a pint out of or three pints from 11 pints type of question um, Pav is asking about creating 11 mil thickness of material when you can only purchase 10 or 12 mil and uh, the suggestion is to use one of the uh, special adhesives uh, Cyfix um, 4SC which is a very thin and very uh, quickly evaporating um, chemical that melts acrylic and is used to make a clear uh, bond by uh, melting the two parts and uh, also Cygrip which apparently uh, uh, Alex has available for his projects and because it tends to go off quickly we don't generally stock it in the space and anyway the idea is to be able to put together the two but then there's a question of what are the best materials Tony points out the polycarbonate doesn't cut well on the laser as it melts and burns um, the acrylic being preferred although the problem is that under load it uh, tends to crack easily so it depends on the application also suggesting possible stronger plastics would be ABS or HDPE again it's the case not just having access to the tool but uh, learning about 
the different uh, materials and techniques that can be used to create your project. And Steve updates us about the forge. After yesterday's efforts on the new forge, he says, I've decided it's now functional enough to start offering workshops using it. Luke and I will be working together to provide workshops on bladesmithing to any ILAB members interested. And so lots of interest in doing uh, such a course. <coughs> he also mentions that you have to be over 18. And if you don't obviously look over 18, you'll need to bring along proof. Uh, but all members need to be 18 anyway. So I'm a little confused about that. Uh, anyway, there seem, as it goes through the thread, there's enough sign-ups to, to run the course. So that will be going on probably after Easter. And if you're interested and haven't signed up already, put your name down. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of right arm exercise involved, certainly from what I've heard when Steve's been doing his uh, test runs. And people recall from the Christmas workshop uh, the use of a, a, a mandrel uh, for pen turning. And uh, Sam's asking, is the one um, for the wood lathe? And so Derek, yeah, pops up, says, uh, Currently away skiing, but uh, you, you, if you can locate them, have a, a dunnage throw. I think it was rubbish. I wonder if that's a word uh, autocorrect <laughs> uh, changing. I'm surprised it uses the word a dunnage. Uh, interesting. I shall check check that one out from the linguist side of things. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so if people want to do something that requires uh, the ability to hold um, your your point, your bit between two points. As with the uh, Christmas decorations that, that we made on the lathe, then, uh, yeah, Derek kindly provided the bits and pieces from there. And it's just a question of putting some uh, a number of pence or a few hundred pence in to replace any of the parts that we used. Oh, and a post that obviously hides behind it a, a bit of a sad tale, does anyone... Does anyone have experience, basically, of uh, fixing a waterlogged digital camera, a Panasonic GF1? I dried out the body and the battery is showing having a charge, but the camera won't turn on. If it proves unrepairable, have to date it for parts. And uh, a couple of uh, tips about maybe um, giving us a swill with some IPA or alcohol uh, might possibly clean out. It depends what the water was and what the tail was behind it. Obviously, a, a sadder tale in urn, hoping to recover it uh, with repairs. So, uh, interesting post. Uh, can't see what the result of that uh, question is yet. I'll keep an eye on the groups and hopefully it gets sorted. And in the week when I was there on, on Wednesday, prior to the PHP Barks meetup, Tony was just finishing off or we talking about some pictures of a, a Scottish thing or a thing for his Scottish friend. I can't remember how you pronounce it now. But it was one of these uh, drinking cups uh, which had been manufactured um, but wanted to be customised uh, with a message uh, to celebrate uh, the, the reason for giving the gift to the friend. And uh, yes, Tony was able to help get that engraving done using the laser. I should say, come on, pal, we should hopefully post some pictures up about this now that it's been gifted and we talked about the air cleaner having died in a annoying way of causing the power to trip anyway a replacement air cleaner has arrived and been installed its remote control is on the beam next to the staircase by the security camera it has three speeds i think min will do for general use but put it on full if there's a lot of wood cutting going on 
There's a timer mode which you can use for two, four, or eight hours. So I suggest just fix, fix, switch it on while it's wait working, or switch it on while you are working. Get my uh, tongue right and put it on the two-hour timer when you finish. The other one was left on permanently because they were trying to assess whether it uh, cleaned up the air more generally uh, over time. So I spiced two hours. I thought maybe the eight hours would have been the best suggestion, but I guess that will come by experience. And there's a bit of an additional note from uh, Steve saying, um, great to see the uh, new uh, cleaner. If the main filter looks dirty, it's supposed to be bright blue, then it's easy to unclip and to clean with a vacuum cleaner. Note there's an airflow direction when reinstalling, so that's a couple of good tips. And Toby announces the Boxford is nearing completion. One final order for parts to finish. I have an idea to run workshops on machining a rep wrap plates or similar. However, I don't own or intend to own a rep wrap printer and therefore require some help to make it happen. So somebody, um, yeah, I'm not sure which plate he's thinking about, maybe the, uh, the bed. Um, nobody's replied to that. Uh, perhaps they didn't spot the reference to the 3D printing. I shall uh, post a note up to alert people to that offer, which is a good, generous offer. And uh, Carl asking about help with a busted alternator. The specific alternator model that goes in my car is no longer built, but I'm told they are straightforward to fix. Does anyone have experience of this? So that was posted on Wednesday. He said it was going to be around at the weekend, which is obviously now. Um, if I manage to extract it from the engine. Yeah, I mean, my experience is that it's uh, the rectifier that goes, and you can buy new rectifiers. They're not cheap because of the current that they have to take, uh, but are reasonably easy to install. And certainly when I've uh, used refurbished ones in the past, they don't last very long, and I don't know why Why that is, uh, um, whether the, the replacement rectifiers aren't up to the par of the original ones. Never did discover, I just always end up buying a new one. Um, but in this case, it's not an option for Carl, so uh, they, the alternative uh, should be. But no one's um, given that bit of advice, so again, hopefully we can pop up a bit of information for him. And a frequently asked question from uh, Paul G. I live and work in Reading and was discussing with a friend how cool it would be to get together with like-minded people. And then it occurred to me that basically described, we were basically describing a makerspace. So I figured I'd see online and see if Reddick has one, and here you are. I checked out the website that's still under construction. But I don't really know how they operate. I guess it's just to turn up on Wednesday and say hi. Um, should I ask before doing so? And Gavin says, yeah, no need to ask. Just come to the open night. Just turn up. We'll be open from 8. And uh, if it's totally very inconvenient, other uh, arrangements can be made. So you know, maybe that needs to be a bit uh, more leaping out at people from the website, as I don't think the website's really going to be. Um, well, apart from bringing in the wiki code, once uh, once it's settled into a proper place, a uh, landing page should at least explain to people that side of things. And Toby says, anyone want a fun project for the Boxford? I have an idea for something for the Boxford that would be cool and interesting. Not important, I know I not get around to doing it, but if someone else fancies doing so, then the idea is to create a monitoring system, maybe based on an Arduino, he implies. The Boxford has a bunch of components, including spindle encoder, that could be used to provide interesting stats or information about the machine as it's running. Having a little display could tell us uh, empirically if the spindle is bogging down or how much power the stepper drivers are consuming if anyone's interested please shout and a couple of people including Ian, Carl and Alex make some suggestions as to how this might be done so it looks as though 
eligible to form a team and uh, work on the project. I'm sure there's others like Gavin that would join in as well. And notice seem to indicate that uh, we do have some problems with uh, people's cards failing. I don't think there's a diagnostic as to what the cause of it is, whether it being close to big magnets or something could affect them. Uh, they are RFID rather than magnetic, so that shouldn't be the case. But it may be just that some of the cards are less reliable than others. And certainly, I think we had that with a batch we bought. Um, one time, they didn't program reliably, so maybe it's a similar problem. And uh, a question that comes up fairly regularly, but actually changes depending on the licensing. And as time moves on, these license uh, conditions do change. Uh, Thomas asks about doing 3D printing and what tool to use. He said he's used SketchUp and uh, no, Ben points out that uh, it's, it's going to be Fusion 360. And David uh, P says, yes, so SketchUp is perfectly adequate for simple boxes and objects. I've used it to model entire 3D printers, but for free software, Fusion 360 uh, for more complex mechanical boxes. Blender, if you're working on game objects, along with Sculptress and or mix, Mesh Mixer for more organic shapes. If you want a programmatic environment for uh, creating shapes, then I would just uh, add that, yes, it's great if you want to do things like recursion, fractals and such things. OpenSCAD is great at that and is what uh, Alex uses for his uh, 3D printers because he's able to do scaling very easily. And also he says you need something like NetFab to uh, check and correct models for printing um, because what that, what that does is make sure there's no holes in it. And uh, Paul comes back and says, I wonder if can people help clarify the situation over the Fusion 360 license. He says... Um, a lot of people told me it's free, but then when I download it, uh, it, the only free license I could find is a three-year student educator license. So then there's some links put in and an explanation. Um, there's a mention of FreeCAD as another option, but I, I don't think most people really find that that's very compatible with, with the exported uh, tools and things in the way that the other ones are. And there's a link then to how to activate startup or educational license in Fusion 360 posted by Richard. And uh, Ed or Rupert, yes, says, um, oh yeah, and it does a bit more of an explanation as to how to actually find the bit for startup or enthusiast free route and a link to, to that. Uh, it says, we are enthusiasts. We don't make over $100,000 100, a year. Um, and so we are eligible for that. And you do that at the end of your 30 day trial. And Richard uh, finishes off with some more help by saying, um, if you're using tools and working at lab, I would strongly advise to learn and use Fusion 360. Despite some small risk, they may change their license in the future. It is a very good tool and good knowledge base at our lab if you need help. We're also using the CAM capability and post-processor of Fusion 360 as the supported tool chain for milling on the Boxford and Shapoko. So even if people don't necessarily um, qualify for a free use in the future, and indeed they do at the moment, probably you've got to find the link because it's uh, not obviously uh, findable from the website. You have to have somebody tell you where it is. And uh, But even if that was to disappear, I think there's enough, with enough uh, enthusiasm within the space to provide it uh, for use for people there. And it'll be an important part of the uh, tool chain as it is now. So 
uh, yep, that's, that's a good update. And as I say, it might be a frequently asked question, but uh, the answer isn't always the same. And indeed, we should welcome uh, Paul So, as a, a new member. He says, the space is amazing. I'm excited to learn and use about the, make, the tools and the workshop and all the expertise available. I don't have a great deal of skills to share, but for my part, I'm a software engineer living and working in Reading. Interested in learning about electronics, woodworking, metalworking, machining and whatever. So welcome to uh, Paul, a new member. I haven't met him myself. He was apparently along on Wednesday and others have welcomed him. So I'm very pleased to welcome him here on the podcast. And Lorelai asks about when the laser might be out of action due to the moving and moving it from one side to the other wall, etc. Um, but that's not currently scheduled as an exact date. There's a number of other jobs that need to be done ahead of time. And uh, what jobs are in the bottleneck, says Tom. Although I'm not back till June, I do have a multi-talented friend who owes me a favour. So um, if there's need, more hands needed, uh, I think it's a question of just doing the tasks in, in the order and uh, a bit of the schedule. So there's plenty of people helping. But I guess if uh, extra people are available during the day, uh, jobs can get done much quicker. And Derek uh, points to fabathome.org, best embroidery machinery. And I'm not quite sure what that's in connection with, but uh, uh, any suggestions for top stick stitching, says uh, David J. Hmm, interesting things. I don't quite know. that come, come a bit out of the blue, but there must be a reason for for talking about an embroidery machine, maybe there's interest in that. And of course, it's something we could use for t-shirts and bits and pieces. So uh, have a look at the pricing of that. In fact, they did have a, an overstitcher in, in Lidl's this week, I noticed. Uh, uh, didn't actually see the price. I couldn't see it marked. I was rushing through. Um, but uh, whether it was on the list of the best embroidery machines, I don't know. I'll have to have a look here. So that brings us to the last post, the last thread this week and so she'll finish off where are we or just about the half hour so that's great this is Mike the B signing off oh and one more thing um not sure what's happening over Easter uh with the podcast she'll try and get it out in a timely manner if it's a bit delayed then I apologize in advance uh, it won't have disappeared it would just be uh, either a bit early or a bit late perhaps 